this is the time for every one of us to really enjoy our new life in Jesus Christ. Bible says in a scripture here that this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Not begrudgingly, but we have come to be glad and to rejoice in it. Joy is something that we have to set before us. You can't endure what you don't enjoy. And we have to set it before us as Jesus set before himself joy as he went to the cross. And often when you're happy, you actually smile. Turn to someone and give them a nice smile this morning and see if they are okay. The remar remarkable Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Romans, to Ro the Christians at Rome, show exactly what Christ has done for us. And we have every reason to be excited because Romans chapter 5 verse 7 says, death once held us in its grip. And by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah? So now, through Jesus, all of us are held in the grip of grace, and we are empowered to begin to live life at a supernatural level so that we are not bound, but we have this regal freedom and we are able to change the world. Romans chapter 6 is our text today. If you would turn to it, beginning with verse number 11 through 14. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God through Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your body, mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought, been brought from death to life. Offer every part of yourselves to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. Grace is so much different than law. And we are under the grip of grace. So now we can overcome sin. Grace was not given to us to encourage sin, 
but it was given to us to conquer sin. And the Bible says that we are to reckon ourselves as dead to sin. The Greek word reckon or count is an accounting word, and it simply means that we take a stand of recognizing that we are partakers in the death and resurrection of Christ, and now, on a daily basis, as we're walking with Christ, in the grip of grace, we now constantly, in an evil culture, with joy in our hearts, we reckon ourselves as dead to sin. Charles Hodge was an incredible theologian and taught at Princeton in 1820. He has an incredible revelation on this passage. And he says, the grand design of Christianity is the destruction of sin. So now we have to make a conscious decision it says in verse 12, therefore do not, say it with me, do not, no, just do not, do not, do not, say it again, do not, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you be, obey its evil desires. We do, not, we do not yield to this dethroned adversary of Christ. We take our stand in the grip of grace and every single day with joy in our hearts, we understand grace is not to augment my sin, but grace is to empower me to stand up to the greatest temptation, every evil that is before me, and with confidence in my heart, my shoulders back, my head up, I stand in the grip of grace and the regal freedom that has been given to me because I am a partaker of the death and resurrection of Christ that when he died, he died to sin that we no longer have to live to sin, but we are dead to sin. And this exciting series is about live dead. It means that when we get up in the morning, we have an excitement in our hearts. We have a direction of the Holy Spirit. And we have decided. We have made up our minds that it is out of character, it is not appropriate, it is inconsistent, it is not who I am, because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, verse four, that he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the earth, the world, that we may be, what's the word? That we may be holy and blameless. That doesn't mean we go to a monastery, put on a black suit, and walk around and say to ourselves, I am 
holy. That's not being holy. Being holy is I am separated from sin. I am separated unto Jesus. I've been bought with a price. My body is not my own. I gave up my life, and the old Alex Klattenberg is gone. The old John Smith is gone. And now I am owned by Christ. I'm a partaker of the death and resurrection of Christ. And now I've been placed on the earth, and I am a personal representative of heaven. I have a purpose in my day. I know who I am. And when you try to tell me who I am, and it's not in concert with what he says, I become deaf to what you said, because I now am separated. I'm chosen, and I believe every believer is chosen. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And because of that, he says that we are not to offer our bodies as an instrument of anything that is evil. Hallelujah. Now the word instrument in the Greek actually means weapon. So my eyes I offer to the Lord. My hands, my feet, my ears, my emotions. A few weeks ago, a well-known star, movie star, hopped out of his car, went over to a man who had pulled in a parking place that he thought was his, and he took his hand, his right hand, and he hit him as hard as he could, knocked him out, went to the hospital, because he was offended this man would take his parking place. His hand became a weapon of wickedness. His emotions were out of control. His emotions became a weapon of wickedness. Not too long ago, in Boston, two cars kind of sideswiped each other on Interstate 90, the men got out of the car. One thought the other was going to leave. He jumped on the car to stop him. He's on the hood holding on. He's driving 70 miles an hour, turning on the windshield wiper, trying to throw him off the car. And some other drivers got him over, pulled him over. The police the driver away to jail and road rage is everywhere 
and we're out of control as a nation. And with that background, we have a letter written by the apostle to the church in Rome, these believers, and also to the believers at Orlando, Florida. And what he is saying to us is, now wait a minute, you're under the grip of grace. You've been justified by faith. Heaven has transformed your mind and your life. But isn't it interesting that born-again believers, sanctified, spirit-filled, can offer their bodies as weapons of evil. And here he says, don't do it. It's wicked. Stop living like that. Hallelujah. Thank you for your excitement. (laughs) On this diagram on the screen, we have to be reminded that we all have been given a new nature, and it is the nature of Christ. The nature of Christ. And that Christ is now living inside of us. It is a new nature. And the new nature is able to tell the old nature, Romans 6, 6, you are dead, pal. You are not in control anymore. Your old nature, your flesh, your carnal nature, the new nature says, you are dead. Don't even think about raising your head. You are dead. And he plants in us, in our inner person, and if you've come to Christ, you now have a new nature. Hallelujah. And with a new nature, you can have the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to be a person that is a world changer. However, we also have this guy over here called the body, and we have what is called the soul, which is our thoughts, our emotions, and our will. And what happens often, there is a collaboration with our body and our soul so that the collaboration kind of takes over our new nature. And rather than the new nature controlling the body, after a while, Many believers begin to operate based on their feelings. Not knowing that I have a new nature. Not knowing that I'm seated with Christ. Not knowing that I have the ability through the grip of grace to stand up and to take my stand and tell my body and tell my mind and tell my emotions You are not in charge. I'm sending text to you, your body, my body, and I'm saying, now listen, this is what we're doing. We are serving the Lord. We are taking our bodies and every part of us 
and we are offering it to God for righteousness. Your words, your thoughts, your emotions, your ears, your will, your eyes, your hands, your feet. And he says here, rather offer, verse 13, yourselves to God as those who have been brought, brought from death into light and offer every part, every part of yourself to him as a weapon of righteousness. Got up this morning, you walked in here, your feet became a weapon of righteousness. You took your hands, and our hands have to touch the right thing, reach for the right thing, go after the right thing. Today, as we were worshiping the Lord, you lifted your weapons, your hands, and you lifted them up to God, and you began to praise God. You offered your hands. Our eyes can destroy us as we look at the wrong thing, as we get on our smartphone, as we get on the internet and our eyes, our eyes have the ability to take us out, your eyes, the eyes that you had this morning and I have, unless I allow the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ to be in me, and when I look at something and I'm being tempted, for some, it's looking at money. It's the love of money. For some, it is shopping. They want to buy everything in the store. Obviously the wrong audience. <laughs> but when you look at something and the enemy is, is trying to tempt you and you turn your eyes... Your eyes become a weapon of righteousness. Our ears, what I'm listening to almost every morning, this morning early, 5.30, we turn on the worship music in our house. And while we're getting ready, our ears are becoming a weapon of righteousness. Our inner person is being built up. Hallelujah. We are building ourselves up. And the more we build up our inner man, the stronger we come, become. The more we build up ourselves by being together like this morning with the presence of the Holy Spirit. What happens to us is that we are anointed by the Holy Spirit where you're strengthened and when we leave here, we feel stronger than when we came in. Why? We are together in the power of the Holy Spirit and the teaching of the Word of God. And when I'm stronger inside, then my will and my emotions, my emotions don't lead me. 
Our emotions will not, will not lead us into the will of God. Our emotions are there to support our choice to do what is right and then to give us passion and more drive into what God wants us to do. Emotions are not insignificant. They were created by God, but they have to be managed so that I'm not, a lot of people, it's what I feel. I don't feel like reading my Bible this morning, so I don't read my Bible. Wake up on Sunday morning, well, I don't feel like going to church. I think I'll just watch at home. You know, I don't, I don't feel like being nice today. <laughs> I don't feel like talking right. The Bible doesn't say as many as are the children of God. They are led by, by whatever they feel, praise God. What do you feel? I remind myself when my body is tired. I remind myself when I've gone hard that I'm just as spiritual and I may not feel it. And it doesn't matter if I feel it. I want to feel it, but we don't feel it sometimes. If you're a mother up all night or father changing diapers all night, you don't feel spiritual in the morning. <laughs> and all the mothers said... But your spirituality is not determined by how you're feeling because you've been up all night. You walk by faith. You put on your, you put on your faith glasses and say, praise God, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't even know if there's a God right now. I don't even know if God exists right now. I've been up and I don't know whether I exist. Well, no. We walk by and not by feeling, praise God. Hallelujah. And I take my body and I offer it to the Lord daily. And I live dead. I say no to things that are incongruent with who I am. I may feel I want to do that. I may say, that would be great for a night. Well, I'd really like to do that. That's all right. That just comes in your mind, temptation. And then you say, that looks good. That looks like that's great. Oh, my goodness. And I'm sure I'd be excited for a few minutes. Tell her off. Tell him off. Tell them where to spend their life. <laughs> and all the temptation is there. You're just about to tell them to go and you say, praise God. You lift up one hand. I more and more am, am raising a hand. Whatever happens and something not right, I just praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because I offer the members of my body as instruments, as weapons of righteousness. Because I'm close to Jesus. I'm living close. 
And because I'm living so close, I hear the Holy Spirit talking to me. Don't do that. Watch what you say. Don't do that. Be quiet. When somebody tells me off and they're real critical, I immediately have trained my system, most of the time, be totally quiet. I don't trust myself to speak at that point. I'll catch him next time. <laughs> every day, my, I offer, every day, I, every day, I offer, I offer to God my words. My words, I offer to God, and they become a weapon they become a weapon in your house when you say what God says. When you speak to your children and you correct them and you have boundaries and you're not a sloppy parent where whatever is you do. Hey, listen, that's not love. That's not love at all. If you don't have any boundaries and you don't, you don't tell them what to do and not to do. I have mo more parents I hear, their kids don't come to church. They're 15, 16, 17, 12 years. We don't want to go to church. You don't. You, well, you don't have to go to church. Right, I don't want, but you don't live in my house. And you do that with grace and love. <laughs> unless, unless we are in community and we have people that are mentoring us and people mentor us sometimes without it being defined. They're just in our lives, and we watch them. I get mentored every week in this service. I look over at somebody during worship, and I see them going after God, and I say, God, I want to go after you like that. And at that moment, my look to them has caused a mentorship in my life because I'm learning by those that are around me. I'm observing you need to be observing all the time and say, that person has that, their kind. I'm going I'm to be like that person. This person went over here and did that. I want to be like that person. And when we're in community, we become like the people we are together with in our homes. <clears throat> An amazing thing about this family is that we see these incredible miracle cases that are literally impossible. I don't know how many parents over the years have come to me. I read these prayer requests, pray for my kids, pray for my kids. And you look at the natural and you think, that kid will never turn around. But what happens when God begins to work through your small group and there was a group in this church, Rick and Maria, God bless you. Rick and Maria Johnson have a small group in this city. And there was a couple with them in that group, Jose and Claudia, is that right? 
and they, they lifted up prayers for their son David in that group, and they prayed and they prayed. They prayed for a couple years because their son David grew up without a father, and at 14, got involved in smoking pot, by 21, in drugs, in sex, in all kinds of evil things, in the love of money, a manager at LA Fitness. But the parents started to pray and fast. And they fasted for three days. And their son David, one day went into his room and in that room all of heaven came down all of the glory of God came down and God changed his life he went to a God encounter and he went from being a person that was a disciple of everything that's wrong to turning around to being a man of God. To be a man of God. David, stand up. Stand up. Turn around. And now, he's a part of these incredible teams going out. Here's a picture of him sharing Christ they're going out with Rick. He's in back there somewhere. He's a part of a Jesus team. And by the way, there was a great boot camp for evangelism this last weekend. Thank you for all of your work and what happened. But their parents prayed and prayed. Stand up, Jose and Claudia, two great, great parents here. And we never should concede, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how many times you've been down the wrong road with your husband or wife or kids. We sang this morning, and I almost went to heaven, about the God who is all-powerful. And when we pray with confidence, we begin to see God, not only in heaven. I write in my book of prayer almost every morning, I start, our Father. And then I say, who is with me in this room? Because our Father is here. He is present. And he is here by the power of the Holy Spirit. And nothing is beyond his grip. And he can change a person that is incorrigible. He can change the person who is an alcoholic. And he can turn them around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing is impossible with him. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. And we have to declare, verse 14, that sin shall not have dominion over us. Sin will not have dominion over us. I've been the last several days, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, help me to pray in the Spirit more. 
Help me to pray in the Spirit more. I've been lifting my hands like this. I'm saying, Holy Spirit, help me pray more. Help me pray in the Spirit. Help me build up myself. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. Help me build up myself. Help me to become a praiser. Help me to lift up my hands. Help help me to rise to another level. And I find myself personally and privately saying, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, come. Move in my life. Do what I haven't done before. Show me things I don't know. Give me insight on things I don't know logically. Do it now. Jesus, do it. Do it. Do it now. Our standing, ladies and gentlemen, is a standing of a stand of victory. And we're going to see in this church literally thousands of people because you're going to bring them here. And we're going to bring the most impossible people, the prostitutes, the drug addicts, the people getting out of prison, and arrogant, rich men and women who have success, but they're empty inside. And they're going to come by the thousands. And they're all going to look hopeless when they walk in that door. But when they walk out that door, they won't have hopeless written on them. They'll walk out and it'll say, hopeful. And they'll be transformed by the power of Jesus. Wednesday night, we're having this prayer meeting. And by the way, I'm... I'm calling our staff and, and everybody, all the leaders of the church, 10 times a year, 10, 10 times a year, one, one Wednesday night a month, and we're going to pray, and we haven't, we haven't seen what God wants to do, but the Holy Spirit said the other day, Alex, you want to see all these things? The answer is more prayer, more prayer. The church has to be, it has to be stirred, more prayer in our houses, more prayer in our, in our marriages. More prayer, more prayer. Holy Spirit helping us. More prayer, more prayer, more prayer. A praying church, a praying church. More prayer, more prayer. So I get up here, we're leading in prayer. And I said, there are Christians now at a level being persecuted in China as never before. They're being locked up. We don't read that. Now there's persecution in India, burning churches, putting prisoner, putting Christians in in prison. Dr. Joy Abraham, where are you? Just got back. He's right here. He knows. He's from India. Stand up, Dr. Abraham. So we decided we're going to pray for all the persecuted Christians, the ones that are in prison. Pastor Jonathan gets up. He gets this powerful move, and he's talking about the prison and chains and, and the Apostle Paul when he was in prison and, and a powerful prayer about chains coming off of those that are being persecuted. And I got up, and I felt like the Holy Spirit says, talk about the chains of the people in this room. And I go back when I was in the rock house and I'm telling this. We used to have kids that would bring drugs on the platform all the time, paraphernalia, all kinds of things. And I said, we have to get free from these things. 
These addictions cannot stay in our lives. Let me tell you, if you're sitting here and you have an addiction, you're probably not gonna be, now David got delivered on sight, right? Bang, that's a miracle. A lot of people don't have that bang. They have a struggle and a battle. And I've seen people go on for year and year, year after year after year after year, and you tr you're trying. Don't, don't try. You're going on and you're going on. Don't try. You have to have a mentor. You have to, a mentor. Jerry's here. Stand up, Jerry. Jerry's working with women now and has a team going in prisons. You got to get, get around some people that will cast the spirits out and get you free. Don't you try, try and try. You're not going to make it. You need to get somebody around you and get desperate. Just like if your car, if you're in the snow and you can't get out, you get some, a tow truck that gets you out. You don't say, well, we're going to spin our wheels here for a couple years. No, get a tow truck. <laughs> Getting off my notes. So I'm going on here. I'm going here about chains, and I go home after the service, and I'm thinking, why did I do that? These are all Christians. These are all saints coming to a meeting. So, well, I guess I just did it. <laughs> Thursday morning, I come in, and Pastor Dave, right here, said, did you hear what happened last night? I don't know. I was discouraged. What? So well, the man that gave his, young guy that gave his heart to the Lord went in the back and to receive Christ and they're praying. He said, you know, they're talking about drugs in the service and I've got some drugs in my car. And he takes Dave out to his car. I'm just holding these. And <laughs> so he brings in these drugs. And I said, maybe I said that in the will of God. You know. And someone's, someone in this building right now, someone sitting in this building, you are addicted to drugs. And you're a quiet drug person, and it's actually not out there on social media. I use drugs. You're in this service, or you're watching online, and you're addicted to drugs. And you know what? You're watching and you're in this service not so you can simply hear about what Jesus does or Jesus is the deliverer. You're here and today is your day. You're going to be set free from those demonic things in the name of Jesus. And if I had the courage, I'd call every single one of you out of this audience that have a problem with alcohol. You're a silent alcohol drinker. And in our city now, in the cities across the nations, you know what the wealthy are doing in the big neighborhoods? They take cocaine. That just shows you how big houses will help you. Now, there are people here, you're alcohol. There are the people here, all kinds of cocaine, heroin, I don't know many other names, but <laughs> I haven't used that, but prescription drugs, and nobody knows, because you look good this morning, and you probably say, good morning, and have a coffee, hallelujah, and go home and shoot up. 
But I tell you, the Holy Spirit brings, the Holy Spirit calls you out this morning. Holy Spirit calls you out. And he doesn't call you out to condemn you. He doesn't call you out just to point a finger and say, what are you doing? He calls you out because he knows that you are made for more than that. I don't know why. I'm coming in this morning. I get on my phone. I, I said, uh, who are celebrities uh, who died in 2018 from drugs, alcohol? On the screen, picture of this one, picture of that one, picture of that one, picture of some guy had an app and he's 34 years old, overdose, 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 overdose. Hey, listen, the devil, that's the convert for him. He loves it because he wants them to go where he wants them to go because he, he knows he's going to that place called, not so loud, he's going to that place and he doesn't want to be there. He wants to have a small group together when he's in hell. And he likes to have, he wants you and he wants me. And he does it subtly. 34 years old, this, this great guy that in tech and had an app and 34, overdosed all over. And you know what? It looked good for a while. You don't medicate yourself because you feel good. You medicate yourself because you, you can't deal with the pain. Is that right? And I don't know why I'm getting on this. We are not going to lose people under our watch. And we will seek them. And we will not condemn them. But we will, we will go after them and we will shower them with heaven's love. And we, can, we will tell them, you don't have to live like this anymore. I started this talk four hours ago and I was talking about us having joy. And I'm telling you, there's a higher level of joy and enjoyment and happiness. And when we come in here, we bring joy. And I bring joy to this platform. And you bring joy into this sanctuary. And when we bring joy, we're going to have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands that are going to come of the 2.2 million people, many of them who are medicated, medicated in the morning, medicated at night. I shouldn't do this, but I'll do this. You don't have to do this. If you've been set free from some kind of drug, just as a testimony here since we got off my notes, you've been set free from some kind of drug. And David, you leave the way because you were a drug, a drug guy. Stand up. Okay. I'm going to ask you, if you were set free, stand up. I rest my case. I rest my case. 
If I had the courage, I'd say, if you need to be set free, stand up. You shouldn't do that. Come up. Come up. Come up. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Stand up. Okay. Prescription almost always, if you're hiding something, it probably, not always, if you're hiding savings because your husband is a spendthrift, that's okay. <laughs> if you're hiding something, it's because you don't want it out in the open because you would see shame at a higher level. So alcohol, there's, there are a lot more here, okay? Alcohol, you'll need to help me. Prescription drugs. Weed. Weed. Is that marijuana? Hot. I'm getting an education here. What'd you say, methane? Meth. Looks like you people are educated in this church. Okay, meth. Crack cocaine. I mean, this, this could be like a revival, so. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? What else? What else? Uh, prescription drugs, using them wrongly, right? Yeah. Opioids. I know that one. Opioids. Heroin. Heroin. Okay, we said that. What else? Codeine. Oxycontin. I know that one. What? Suboxone. Okay, Suboxone. Suboxone, sure. What's that, a Spanish word? Okay. Suboxone? Methadone. Methadone, okay. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to create, we don't have to leave now at 1230 because we don't have a service. Don't anyone leave. But this song absolutely uh, wrecked me in the first service, uh, this victory deal and God being all-powerful. And here's what I believe. I believe as we begin to sing this, we begin to sing it, that bondages are going to be broken. Some of you, you're under depression. You come to church every week, you're depressed. Now, there's clinical depression. I understand that. There comes a point we ought to get healed. Do you agree? And so, if you need to be set free from, this is only drugs here drugs and alcohol and bondages and prescription drugs. I feel like there are probably a couple more dozen. You're coming. 
couple more people. And we're going to sing this song. We're going to sing this song. We're going to sing this song. And I want us all to create an atmosphere of power. And some of you, you didn't feel like it before. Hey, get your hand up. If you're a believer, get your weapons up. And we're going to hit it. Come on. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. Go ahead. Hit it.
Nothing is beyond the grip of Jesus. Every, every meeting we have, we think about Jesus and what he did on the cross, how he set us free. He came from heaven. He came after us. And all of us, our, our lives and our thinking and everything is askew. And that Christ comes not pointing the finger, not with a smug religious look like, what'd you do that? And Jesus always went after the hurting people. And he said, so you did that. With a smile on his face and this amazing love, he said, come on, you don't have to do that. And he would set people free. Just a minute, we're going to count to three, and maybe you're here, you say, Alex, listen, I, I need you to pray for me. And you're like a person that's drowning, and they're about to go down, and they lift a hand, and somebody on the shore sees that hand, and they can't come from where they are out into the water, and that's what Christ did to us. He came from heaven. That's how valuable you are. And he says, come. And he says, you were created for more than this. And the thing is, we come just as we are. He doesn't say, go out here and try to get better and come back. And then he said, come as you are. Don't have to live with regrets because grace can say, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. And some are here, you once knew the Lord, you're kind of, something happened, you're been separated, and now it's only information in your mind. You need to encounter Jesus. Some of you are watching. We have many hundreds that are watching online. There's someone that's a Greek Orthodox person, very religious, but Christ wants to meet you in an encounter of love. So when I count to three, if that's you, and you say, hey, listen, and you, may, you don't have to feel a lot. All you can do is say, Jesus because you're not lifting your hand to me. You're lifting your hand to Jesus. And while Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says where two or more are gathered together, he's with us. So Jesus is here. Every time I see people come and I see them as my son or daughter, So I'm going to count to three. If that's you, just throw up a hand. One, two, three. Throw it up. Say, that's me. I need forgiveness. Put it up. Put it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one right here. Put it up. Put it up. Balcony. Put it up. Yeah, the balcony. Yeah, yeah. 
Put it up back there. Put it up. Put it up. We're going to ask all of you, no one move. I'm going to ask everyone that lifted your hand, maybe next somebody next to you lifted their hand, go over them, say, can I walk with you and come down here and we're going to have a prayer. <coughs> so you come right now in the balcony. There's several. Just come down the side. Take two minutes. Come right now. Come right now. Same song. Come right now, wherever you are. Come right now. Come right now to Jesus. Stay right here for a minute. Stay right now. Stay right now. Come right now. Yes, yes, they're coming. From the balcony, come, come. Go ahead, sing. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Yes, right here. Young people, come. Come on. There they are. Balcony. Yes. that have come look up if you would it's the big best decision of your life and we're not focusing on how bad you've been but how great Jesus is so we're going to say a prayer we're going to say a prayer and this is about receiving Christ into your heart and letting Christ become your leader and you're giving your life to Jesus Right after this, Pastor Dave is here. Going to slip to the side for a couple minutes. And then your next step, we had seven baptized in water. Is that right, Dave? Seven. And make a declaration. Make a declaration. You that are watching online, say this prayer. And I'd like to ask all of our family members to say this very loudly. Jesus I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash away my sin. Forgive my sin. And give me your grace. 
and the gift of righteousness and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer, you are in the family. Go with, go with uh, Pastor Dave.